Well, a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Palace fans throughout the world. Welcome to this special edition of the Red and Blue Review. Uh, my name is Ian Noble. I am hosting this evening while Nick's Philpot is driving a London bus around the streets of South London somewhere. Um, with me on the show this evening, we have uh, the lovely Teresa Baker. Good evening, Teresa. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm okay. A bit more good, good, positive good. now after the weekend. I've kind of been psyching myself up. Positive after the weekend. I love that. That's excellent. And uh, good evening, Fergus Tid. Nice to have you back with us again, mate. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, good to be on the show again. Good to Looking see you. Your palace to, uh... memorabilia behind you. Fantastic. All good yeah. stuff. Putting the rest of us to shame. Well done. All good stuff. <laughs> and um, and um, a fixture of the show, of course. The the Mr. Regular, Joe Holyoke in his kitchen, as always. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Hope you're well. Evening all. Good stuff. And we already have a huge number of people joining us this evening in the chat. So welcome, one and all, to this special show. Um, we're going to be looking back at the double defeat away on the south coast and away in North London. Um, Palace with six wins all season, 77 days without a win. Across the whole season, just 268 shots, 85 of them on target, 27 points, 21 goals, but we are still in 12th place in the Premier League after the results this weekend. And we were talking pre-show, we are saying, how the hell has that actually happened? But it is, and there we are. That's where we are at the moment. Before we get into looking at these games, and I get the guys to do some analysis of them, um, I want to take a look at some of the other teams in and around the club. And unlike the first 11, we have some very good news from the other side. So the under-18s uh, played on Saturday the 18th of March, and they beat Leicester City 5-1 at the Palace training ground. Their next match is against Southampton on the 1st of April. And um, they are doing brilliantly. Well done to the under-18s. And then the under-21s on Friday, the 17th of March, they beat the Arsenal 2-0 in Premier League 2 at the Palace training ground. And their next match is uh, away to Liverpool, I think, at the Liverpool Academy um, on the 31st of March. The women, they haven't played since we were last on air. Um, but they play Birmingham City women away on the 22nd of March. And I just want a special mention for this coming weekend. So we're without any Premier League football this coming weekend as we enter the international break. But this weekend is um, termed the Women's Football Weekend. Um, a Palace are at home to Blackburn Rovers at Hayes Lane. And um, they've already given away a thousand tickets. If you go into the game, tell us about that in the chat if you're going along but you can still buy tickets for this one. Under-16s go free, and um, adults, I think, are just a fiver. So if you want a football fix this weekend, it's a midday kickoff at Hayes Lane on Sunday, the 26th of March. So um, all well and good around the rest of the club. It's just the first team we've got to worry about. And um, with 10 games to go, we're sitting, as I said, in 12th place in the league. Um I want to get into the games. Let's do them in, in chronological order, the way they've gone. So I've asked T to lead on the Brighton game. But before we come to you, Teresa, um, let's just have a look at the lineup, Nigel, if we can, for that Brighton game. Um, because um, we're in the black kit, all feel good about that. But the big news um, as we prepared for this trip to the Amex was the fact that Vincente Guita was missing. 
And um, you couldn't make it up, could you? Uh, the fact that we'd loaned two keepers out and we had two keepers injured from ball boy to the first team. There he is, Joe Whitworth, uh, one of our own, sang the away end. So Joe Whitworth um, started in goal. The rest of the side, back to the side, please, Nigel, if we can. Thank you. Klein, Gahey, Anderson, Mitchell, uh, Laconga started in midfielders alongside the Kure, um, Schlup, Elise, Edouard, and Zaha. And I think most of us felt pretty good about that particular lineup. So, Teresa, you are standing in front of me in the away end, uh, okay. Mex, uh, and I think you had a bit of a bit of a to do getting into the ground, didn't you? I think it but, was um, getting into the ground. That's about last Wednesday evening. If you can possibly put yourself through all that again, yes. Um, I have to say, Sussex Police were absolutely dreadful that evening. They funneled all the Palace fans at the station before we even got on the train to Falmer. And then when we got to the stadium, they blocked off half the concourse, narrowed it, and then they weren't letting Palace fans through to the actual, to get into the stadium. And then they, another lot came off the train and they just let them pile onto the concourse. And literally there was a crush. And it was only for some of the... There's some young lads in front of me that are screaming at them that because I was caught up and like was literally crushing forward. Some young lads that were screaming at them to say, Oh, there's a woman in here, get her out. That I managed to get into the stadium relatively swiftly compared to everyone else. But standing there in pouring rain was no fun at all. Every cloud, every cloud that's yeah. not cloud anyway. Carry on, T. Anyway, so I mean, you've all seen the lineup which we were quite excited about and we started off brightly in the first half um 55 seconds Zaha had already had a shot on target Woo um it was a hard-fought game um uh the first in total we had 11 shots three on target um there was some good efforts um, um, Edward had an effort in about I think it was five minutes something or other um, and he should have had a header that should have gone into the goal mm. um, I'm just going to pick out pertinent points to notice in the halves I'm not gonna, I had to watch the whole game again today so <laughs> yeah Sorry. So, you so you don't have to um, uh, is it Colwell? was taking bits out of Elise all game. We had a free kick, um, which Elise took, got into the box, rebounded out, and Decorey, bless him, went for a volley. But it went well wide. But it was a so, shot, wasn't it? You know, it we've been criticising the team, haven't we, for not yeah. taking shots. Um, yeah. You know, the three games before this, three, three games without a shot on target, damning stats for sure. But an improvement, T, in this first half, do you think? Yeah, we looked a lot brighter in the first half. There, there seemed to be a bit more urgency. Um, the team seemed to be moving off the ball a little better. You could actually see them from, from where we were behind the goal. We could actually see the team were actually not just waiting for the ball to land at the feet, but they were actually making spaces, which I thought was much better. And then... Um, there was a little bit of a, what was it? Was it about 15, 20 minutes in? There was a temporary floodlights kind of flickered. It came back on. And then 
so we they went a live show before the game didn't they that was yeah uh... they did a live show <laughs> and then completely against the run of play at about 15 minutes um solly uh, with an assist from matoma solly marsh came through our defense if they weren't there he found space and put the ball in the right hand corner of the goal was it fault for the goal do you think t or not uh, maybe his position was a bit off. I mean, there was a few occasions during the game where I was a little bit like, get back in to get inside the box. He, he was coming quite far out of the box during the game, but probably a little bit excited. It's first Premier League start for the club. <laughs> now, let me stop you there, if I may. Let me bring the other guys in. I, I just want you, your thoughts on Joe Whitworth and, and the goal, guys. You know, um, Was it a fault, do you think, in any shape or form? Fergus first, then Joe? I don't think so. I think um, I just think it was a really good finish by Solly March. He hit it first time, swivelled, hit it, hit it really early, which is what you've got to do. Um, it, you know, he, he did make an attempt to try and save it, but I don't think Goya would have saved that. It was a, it was it was a really good goal. You have to give it to them. <laughs> unfortunately, in agreement, Joe. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the way that he just, you know, it was that one touch pushed it forward and smashed it. And he really did smash it. It was a great finish. I thought there was a, a, a couple of really good tweets that went out just before you carry on, say. Um, but then he scored in the 15th minute. Solid March is the number 15. And there was loads of, of sort of weird stuff about, you know, scoring in the 15th minute for me. Yeah, the 15th of March. Solid March. Yeah, very, very strange. But good goal. No. no yeah, goal? very very go. good goal. I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because I was going to. But uh, yeah, weird stat, most bizarre. Anyway, do you think they, they take the wind out of ourselves a bit, Teresa, in, in uh, when they scored the goal? Um, yeah, I think it did. Not that wasn't really noticeable until the second half. But yeah, we signed kind of. It's almost like the team was like resigned that we weren't going to score, which was a shame because I thought they were working hard. And then, of course, um, got to about, what was it, almost 30 minutes, 27 minutes, and Decore got booked. He got the first yellow. However, it shouldn't have been a yellow, in my opinion. Um, there was Coolwell for um, Brighton that had been fouling Elise all game. There were some horrible fouls on Elise, especially the one that led up to the free kick. Um, but they never even got booked for it. And there was a lot of times that Zaha was fouled. But I think because Zaha has this reputation that he goes down far too easily, nothing was given there, not even warnings. So then we went in for the second half. I'm just going to gloss over the rest because there really wasn't... Well, before you get into the second half, Go I want on. to just touch on the, the challenge that Dekure got away with. Because yeah. um, I, I think I agree with you. I think the first booking was a tad harsh especially how we'd let other stuff go during the game. But that's why uh, and then there was another challenge. Yeah, so again, I think that's, what, that's why he got booked for the first yellow, is I think because the ref had let a lot of fouls go. Then he makes an obvious foul and he got booked for it. The second one, we were lucky that he didn't get red. Yeah, it was absolutely. reckless. Yeah, that was, it was careless. That's what I was going to make. You know, the guy, the guy you know, he, he's the second yellow card all day. It's... And, and and the Brighton players surrounded the referee. Dunk in particular was in the referee's face. 
and they were screaming at the ref to send him off. But once he'd made his decision that he wasn't going to book him, VAR can't get involved then. Yeah, and I think he got away God. with one. And then, yeah, of I course, I think he got away with one. Yeah, and then of course Patrick makes the decision to haul him off at half time, which uh, is probably Good the decision. right call. Yeah. Okay. It, Do you want to carry the ref on? Then? Go for his pocket, and then realised who it was. Yeah. And yeah. stopped. I yeah. think he realised that the first one was soft. Mm-hmm. Still quite early in the game. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's what happens now with managers. I mean, we had the same thing with with uh, Cater, you know, um, the Liverpool player. He was going to get himself, he was going to get sent off against us and, and yeah. Klopp took him off at half-time. So it's always, it's always a, a, a wise thing. I mean, he just... It's just a guaranteed yellow card. Again, on Twitter, I just saw people having tenors and twenties on, on him getting a yellow card and, you know, even money. It's just it's, it's just easy catch, really. Right, yeah, he's just a referee, eh? Yeah, he's certainly got a booking <laughs> in him every game, that's for sure. Um, it's just the way he plays, isn't it? You know, trying to break break the play up. I like but, him. Uh, I like him. I like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's me too. Aggressively. Good. Teresa, let, let's talk about the second half then. We come out, Eze's on for him at half-time. Good, good substitution. Eze comes on. Yeah, I think it's the right substitution. And the lights go off. And we have about a seven-minute delay because all the floodlights failed and then the scoreboard failed and then the ref's comms failed. So the referee brought all the players off the pitch. I mean, it wasn't pitch dark. All the Brighton fans put their, their lights on their phones right? because that was going to make a difference. And the second half, we were it like... A, it was a bit like a Cliff Richard concert at one point, wasn't it? Fourth, How would I know what one of those was like? That's what someone's going to say. But to... Well, 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 they, the were, the they didn't want it abandoned, did they? <laughs> no. We would have quite happily taken abandonment at that stage. Well, no, that's not quite true. We were quite positive in the first half. Second half, um, yeah, uh, Decoro started for Eze. Um, and it was like the door had some sedatives in the, in, the, in the changing room because it wasn't the same team that came out as the first team. I don't know what was said. Who knows? But we were awful. It was just horrible to watch. It was just okay. like the players we just went, meh. T, let me bring the others in. Would you agree with that? Lads, you know, we were that much worse in the second period of the, the first of Brighton? Yeah, but they they always look up for it, don't they? They, Every team looks up for the game against us. Once they realise that they can get in our faces, overrun us, run more than us, shut down quicker than us, just just hustle more than us, then we're always going to be on the back foot. That's what that's that's been the the, the decline of of from the from the start right the way through to to Vieira's you know demise about about the decline of, 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 of every single stat that you need to be reasonably decent at in in a Premier League in the Premier League. Um yeah, we just again the heads went down when when, when they scored. But uh, we should be up like that. We've said this, I can't even say how many games we've said this, but the last probably three or four Brighton games that we have not been up for the games. And we've we, and up until then we've managed to avoid defeat. You know, 1,466 days since the last time they beat us. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, they were certainly due a win against us, weren't they? In as much as, you know, we rode our luck several times in these previous fixtures. 
you know, the home game this season, I said it on the show afterwards, how on earth did we manage to draw that game is, is quite beyond me. I'm still in disbelief that we managed to get something out of that game. The smash and grab behind closed doors with the last minute yeah. winner. You know, it was just it was just the most wonderful thing at the time. The only sad thing is we weren't in the stadium to witness it, you know. Sure. And and even last season when Gallagher scored and they were all over us after that and they equalised towards the end, you know. Mm. So we've certainly ridden our luck. And one Brighton fan put on my Facebook post, um, and they were, I, I was moaning about the stadium. They said, because well, I said, you know, you're half decent. And I was moaning about the stadium. So they said, oh, you've got to find something to moan about. And I said, yeah, certainly I have. But they said it's the best they've seen us play against them for the last three or four years. And they talked about the whole game, not just the first half. So Yeah, but they don't really have very high standards at Brighton, do they? <laughs> there we I go. The, I thought the first 15 minutes we were good. And I thought the second half was fairly even. You know, we had, I don't want to steal Teresa's thunder, but we had that chance right at the end, which. Well, yeah, right at the end. Hamada just, well, I mean, how we put that so far wide, I'll never know, but. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, sorry, Teresa, I'll tell you what, one thing about this, one thing about the stadium, Ian, was 15 minutes to go. It was the third empty, you know, and when you're beating your rivals 1 0 and you're getting up and walking out with 15 minutes to go, I just could not believe that. Yeah. I, I, I actually, some, someone after the game said, um, it's a, it was a, in response to a Brighton, you know, derogatory comment, he said, well, he said, most of your fans dress up as empty seats. And I just thought that was fantastic because <laughs> that's exactly what they are. You know, stadium there, third there, is something, there, there is something to be said about that. I mean, hanging around with whatever, two and a half, three thousand Palace fans down there, they're not going to want the egg. The other thing as well, and, and, and I don't mean this as a dig at Brighton, but a lot of people, I, I've got Brighton fans, you know, I'm married to my wife and, and her family are Brighton. Loads and loads of them are Brighton fans. They all live in Sussex. and but, but the thing is, Brighton is quite literally their second team. But they go to Brighton because it's their local team. Most of most Brighton fans are not Brighton fans. They they they, they just they've probably got a core, probably about the same as us, fifteen, eighteen thousand. And then yeah, the rest of them are just jollies. I mean, uh, interesting you should say about Sussex, because the, the, the three of us, Theresa, Ferg and I will live in Sussex. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, and you're right about the, the fact that people do support two teams, you know. Um apparently one Grimsby fan said to a Brighton fan on the way out, he said, uh, um, you know, I don't know what you're worried about, but you're a Man United fan, really. He said, no, get out. Of course, I'm not. I'm Chelsea. So, <laughs> <laughs> I told so, you that you know, story uh, yesterday, Ian. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, just read yeah. So, T, have we, have we done the game? Anything else you want to say about the second half? Um, the substitutions were weird. Um, he pulled off, Vieira pulled off Elise for uh, Jordan Ayew in, 70, in the 70 minutes. Then he pulled Edward for Mateta in 79 minutes. And then he pulled Armada off for Schluppi in the 80th minute. Or oh, Schluppi for Armada, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, is that, is that not what I said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he pulled Schluppi for Armada, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't quite sure why he brought Elise off because Elise was making chances. He was quick on that side. Um. And at the end of the whistle, the one thing I will say is, regardless, we are Palace. We don't boo our own team. Mateta came up to applaud the away fans and he got a load of abuse and he kind of stood there absolutely bemused as to 
what? You'd only been on the pitch for what? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? And I, d I just don't understand that. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that totally, Teresa. Um, I, it was very toxic in the away. That's horrible. I mean, we were the quietest I've ever heard in the second half. Come about yeah. 20 minutes to go, there was no sing. well, very little singing. Big crow scarers, though, frightened the life out of me. <laughs> they did make me jump. The thing is that yeah. the few players, the few players that walked over were just, they just received loads and loads of verbal abuse. Yeah. So, so that they, you know, why would you stick around for that? You, they just turned around and walked off. Zaha just walked straight off the pitch. He didn't yeah. even, you know. Yeah, well, he's done that a few I, games I, now as well, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So there's the. See, so do you want to just talk us through these stats at the end then? So that possession stat, if. If it had been possession in the first half, you would have seen a possession of about, I think it was about 75% Palace, 25% Brighton. We can see why I was so peed off about the second half. Shots on target equal. I mean, shots on target five. Joe McMurth, I think, did really well. Um, I hate our short corners. I don't see the point of short corners. Get it into the box. Try and make an opportunity for scoring. And 20 fouls. I didn't realise it was that many, actually. Quite a lot. So, But only Decore and Ayu got booked. Only two yellows. Yeah. Ayu got booked in the 90th minute. That is a lot of fouls, really. Usually you only get sort of 10, 11 fouls each. That is a lot of fouls. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and it's surprising there weren't more players booked, I suppose. But I think Paul Bristow put in the comments earlier, you know, the, the punishment for a foul is a free kick. A punishment for a bad foul or a deliberate foul is a yellow card. Um, and I think some of the referees are far too trigger-happy with their yellow cards. Um, and this guy did let a lot go, which was probably a good thing in, in some ways. But those stats are fairly even, aren't they? You know, that's yeah. not... That's not one team that's top of the league and one team that's down the bottom. You know, they're, they're fairly even, those stats. And with the away side, so we've got slightly less possession. But equal on shots. Um, shots on target, not much difference. We have more corners. You know, if you look at the stats and there's nothing wrong with those at all. So, well, If you, you know, look at that over our last few losses, we haven't gone down like 8-0, you know. It's all been 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Defensively, against the top teams that we've been playing, I think defensively have been quite decent, to be quite honest. And uh, uh, interesting that Manchester City, on the back of their 1-0 win by their sort of tadly fortunate penalty against us the other week, they got beat Leipzig 7-0, Burnley 6-0. And um, when uh, they were interviewed afterwards, Pep Guardiola, he drew reference to the Palace game and said, well, we managed to beat Palace 1-0, you know, so... You know, he, he's talking about, we're, we're, you know, we're not far away in some of these games. We're really not. Um, and that's what hurts the most, I think. And, you know, the irony for me a little bit was that I thought we played pretty well against Brighton, considering where we've been in other games. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were definitely better at Brighton than we were against the Villa, um, you know, and, and one or two other away games. And I'm thinking, and then the area gets a sack after that. So it was a bit of a strange timing for me when I first heard it on Friday but I think slightly differently now, and we'll come to that a little bit later in the show. So thank you, Teresa, for unpacking that Brighton game for us. Anything either of you guys want to add to that? No. 
Not really. No, not really. <laughs> okay, just uh, just one comment, Ian. Um, Dave Hart says that uh, Ian loves Sussex Police. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was I was trying to go show my way out of an early to an early release out of the Brighton game. They weren't having any of it, and uh, I ended up in a bit of a row with one policeman. But um, less said about that, the better, probably yeah. on this family show. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so um, you know we fast forward to Sunday. We've had the um, news of Patrick Vieira getting the sack in the meantime, and we'll come to talk about that a little bit more later on. Um, one thing that we haven't really mentioned, we touched on it at the beginning when we talked about team selection, Joe Whitworth's debut, um, 19 years old. Not actually our youngest ever goalkeeper, by the way. Um, uh, youngest ever in the Premier League, of course. But um, we've had four other goalkeepers younger than him that have played in our first team. So if you know who they are, without looking on the Palace app, then stick it in the chat. It will be interesting if you know the answer to any of those. I've got one out of the four yesterday when Paul Bristow asked me at the uh, Emirates Stadium. Um, so let's move on and talk about the Arsenal game, Ferg. You and I travelled up together um, yeah. and we were in the away end together. So um, talk me through that from the lineups first of all. Let's get the lineup here. Um, okay, so, yeah. Where you we'll go. set the scene. Three changes. Um, Luca in for Lukonga. Ward in for Nathaniel Klein. And then, unfortunately, Anderson injures himself, tight calf in the warm-up before the game. So Tompkins comes in to replace Anderson. So not ideal, really, when you're playing top of the league. Um, yeah, Stuart Atwell was the referee. Yeah. Far was Darren England. We all love Darren England. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arsenal, they just made one change. Saliba was injured, so Rob Holding came in for, for him. Um, and obviously, Paddy McCarthy's first game in charge. Um, not too sure how long he'd be, be in the seat. Um, but as you said, Ian, we'll come on to that later. So um, we kicked off the first real action, 11th minute. Um, Schlupp releases Wilf down the left. Wilf cuts in on his right, shoots, hits the post, hits Ramsdale, and somehow or another manages to go out for a corner rather than go into the goal. And that just seems to be our luck at the moment. Own goals, offsides, um, penalties. We just, we just, you know, we're, we're having no. If we had no, if we had bad luck, if we didn't have bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. And I think that's how it goes at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, Sixteen minutes. Slut plays in Edward. Through ball. He's one on one with the keeper. You're thinking, yep, yeah, go on. Easy chance. No, easy save. Poor effort. Um, and then Holden clears it, and then the flag goes up, so it wouldn't have counted anyway. Yeah. So it probably saved his blushes a little bit there. And you're thinking, okay, we've had a great start. You know, we'll sit the post. Edward's had a one-on-one. -on -one. You're thinking, okay, it's looking good. 18th minute, Arsenal had their first shot on target. So we've managed to keep them at bay for the first 18 minutes, bearing in mind they're top of the league and at home. Yeah. I think that was pretty good going. Um, yeah, Saka crossed it, it deflected, it fell to Odegaard, and he shot. And uh, Whitworth made a good save. So, um, probably gave him a little bit of confidence. And then, fast forward, 28th minute, first goal. So, Arsenal score. White passes it out to Saka on the left. He crosses the ball. It seemed like it crossed the, the area for ages. Went mm -hmm. straight to Martinelli. And then... You just knew what was going to happen. I actually remember saying my myself, oh, no, 
he's dropped his shoulder, he's gained half a yard on Ward, smashed it left foot into the bottom right hand corner. So yeah. one nil. Yeah, let me, just, let me just stop you there, Fergie, if I may, just for a second. Zaha to blame for two goals, not tracking back. Certainly the first one, he wasn't tracking back. Joe? Um, we can argue about players not tracking back. I think Wilf sort of, he did track back, got beat, stops. Just, but, the, but the Martinelli thing, Fergie, uh, as you said, he got half a yard. Good players only need half a yard. Yeah. Yeah, was Ward at fault for the goal? Do you think Woody could have done better? I don't think so. Like Gel says, I just think you know he's Martinelli's quality. Yeah, yeah, you know you can't really blame Ward. I mean, the fact that it went all the way across the area, which felt like slow motion. Um, you could just see, you could just see as soon as Martinelli got the ball, dropped his shoulder. It was always going to be a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it did go to VAR, I believe, um, but it was it was given. So, um, unfortunately, there we go. Uh, and then fast forward again, 41st minute, um, White steers across to Odegaard. He managed to have two touches and then pulls the trigger and the shot just goes past the post. Mm -hmm. um, and then 43rd minute, um, Arsenal scored a second goal, Saka. Um, Zaka sends a teasing ball across the face of the goal again. Seems to be um, a running theme here. And uh, misses Trossard, but unfortunately falls to Saka. Uh, he plays a, a neat one-two with White, and then he curls a left-footed shot past Whitworth. Nothing the keeper could do there. Really good goal. Um, and obviously, just before half time, it's a real sucker punch. You're thinking if you can get in at half time, just one nil down, yeah. you've got half a chance. Yeah. Two nil, you're, you're, it's an uphill battle. Um, played out three minutes of injury time. It just seemed like the longer the first half went on, though, the easier Arsenal were finding it to, you know, pass through the middle, um, down the, down the, the flanks. Yeah. It, it just, it just like they were getting stronger and stronger as the half went. Um, yeah, so then a second half, um, 53rd minutes as Aha breaks down the left flank, shoots with his left foot, um, towards the near post. And uh, Ramsdale he's watching it all the way and then he tips it over the bar. Um, so it was a good effort again from Zaha, yeah, kind of so saved you second to make, isn't it? Really, you know? yeah, it was. Um, but you know, at least we're getting these shots on target now, yeah, know, absolutely, yeah. Um, and then you're thinking, you know, if that had gone in, you know, but 55 minutes, Arsenal score again. Zaka plays a one-two with Trossard. He plays a lovely ball, splits the defence, and it just leaves Zaka with just Whitworth to beat. And he squeezes it, left-footed, bottom left-hand corner. I think he was falling, actually, as he hit it. I think he was stumbling, but it went in. Um, Can I just come yeah. in there, Ferg? I've, when I watched that back, that third goal, I just thought we should have done better defensively. You know, yeah. we gave far too much room because Granite Xhaka passed the ball back to Trossard first and then yeah. he sort of made his move and he passed the ball, split the defence. We need to do better than that. We need but he to got a goal side, though, didn't he? That was the thing. It was the weight yeah. of the ball, but he'd already made the run 
and 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 like you say, he saw him. He saw that run, so the ball was easy. But when you're trying to when you're splitting centre backs, and one of them unfortunately is Tompkins, mm. you don't you don't even have to rely on pace. You just have to rely on a bit of guile, and you're in. Mm. And and when you're in six seven yards out, you know someone of his quality, they're going to score probably every time. Yeah. But that's the one I yeah. said. I think was it a challenge from Ward? I think that third goal is a. I think it's an own goal, but <laughs> give it to Wardy, own goal. <laughs> yeah. and then and then you've got a rookie goalkeeper. You know, I'm not blaming Whitworth, but you know, maybe a, a world class goalkeeper saves it. I don't know. You know, um, yeah, I anticipates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're 3-0 down. Game's over, then it's three 0 down. Well, yeah, you would think so. 59th minute, Tompkins gets booked for a foul on Trossard. And then 63rd minute, lo and behold, we get a goal. Um, <laughs> Elise swings in the corner. I think it's strike, slap on the chest. I don't know, if you know how much he knew about they it. They checked the handball, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. And then he, um, he reacts the quickest and just sweeps the ball into the goal with his left foot. Yeah. And then you're thinking, yeah, game on, 3-1, you know. Yeah, all, all the Schlupp haters out there. Good old Jeffrey Schlupp, goal machine. Yeah, well... Well, I was going to come on to that. Well, I'll come on to that towards the end, Ian. But um, yeah. I thought Slup had a good game yesterday. Mm. Um, but anyway, so he scores the goal and you're, you're thinking, OK, 3-1. And it was great because the atmosphere, we're all singing, we've scored a goal, we've scored a goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, shut the Arsenal fans up because um, uh, the Ashburton Army, which is what their um, fanatics are called, are equivalent. They've put them right next to the away fans in the um in the emirates now so there's a little bit more atmosphere um you couldn't hear the rest of the ground you could only hear them but um yeah it was just nice to be able to sing something back to them that we'd uh, scored a goal and they were they found that quite amusing um and then 72 minutes slut feeds um zaha in left channel and will fires a low strike first time at goal it creeps agonizingly wide past the, the right post and you're just thinking if that had gone in, you know, it's 3-2 and then all of a sudden Palace are in the ascendancy. You're hoping Arsenal might get a little bit nervous. Um, and you're thinking, oh, right, we might actually have a chance here. But no, 74 minutes, Arsenal, fourth goal, Saka scores again. Again, poor defending. Palace, they failed to clear the lines. Tierney whips in a low cross and Saka shoots first time left foot, bottom left-hand corner. And then it truly is game over. And then I, I just think it's uh, damaged limitations, really, for Palace. It was, you know, just let's just see see the game out. Let's not concede too many goals because I think goal difference is going to potentially come into play towards the end of the season. So, Paddy um, McCarthy, in his post-match, said he thought the fourth goal was offside. Yeah, well, I don't think it was checked, was it, by VAR? Was it checked? I don't, I don't, I I don't remember checked. that one. I think it was checked. Oh, yeah, I think it was, it was checked. checked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but not um, given, and he's in an offside position, and he's to, so keeper can't see him, can't see the ball, just in the yeah, middle. Of was, that was yeah, was, yeah, they yeah, so they checked it for the block, didn't they? Or oh, he was blocking his view. Yeah, um, he's never going to save it anyway. You can see with that freeze frame there, he's almost a full stretch, and the yeah. ball's past him. So he was beating for pace as well. Nothing he could have could have done for me for any of the goals, our goalkeeper. Just unfortunate that you know we're all we're all willing to do well, and obviously the two games that he comes up against, he comes out against them, and then he comes out against you know table topping Arsenal. 
But yeah. Arsenal, although I will, I will say, they looked like they were back to their best. Do you remember the passing game that they had going about three or four years ago? That's what they looked yeah. like. And any time that they're going to turn on anything like that, they won't just do that to us. If they carry on playing with the way that they're playing, with the with the with the team spirit that they've got as well, they will hammer much better sides than us at there. Certainly, absolutely right. So I asked yeah. if it was offside. Was Hazel's offside? Uh, Lindsay uh, Dawn says yes, it was. Uh, Lindsay, nice to see you in the chat, and we'll get you back and Bruce back on the show for the from the DSA quite soon, I'm sure. So thanks for joining us tonight. Full time then, Ferg. There we are. Full um, time, four yeah. One. Four one. Um, match stats: Arsenal sixty-two possession, Palace thirty-eight. There we go. Fifteen shots on target for Arsenal, eight for us. Only five on on target for yeah, five shots on target and four for Palace. But look at those shots on target, Ferg. That's not, you know four five four. That's not too shabby, is it? It's Considering not. where we've been, you know where the we were three games without a shot. We had three on target against Brighton, four against Arsenal. I'm sort of oh, mad. But the know. difference is, Ian, five of those shots, four of them went in for Arsenal, <laughs> and yeah. only one of ours. And that that is that is the telling difference between the two teams. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So another defeat. So um, yeah, that's thirteen now without a win. Um, funny enough, and, and I said I'd mentioned it earlier about Schlupp. He was the highest rated player. Palace, um, seven out of ten. Um, like I said, the only booking was Tompkins. Um, it's funny because there was quite a lot of um negativity around Slut during the game, a lot of people shouting, you know, yeah, why is he on the park? Take him the right off. Guy, yeah. yeah, and um, I know I actually thought, you know, you think of all the chances that we had during the game, and Slut was involved in all of them, and he scored the goal so. Um, his contribution was really good. Um, I don't know what other people are watching. Um, you know, I know, yeah. I know he's, you know, he's not a Conor Gallagher like we had last season or a, <laughs> a Kabai or anything like that. But, but he works really hard and he always seems to be involved in in one way, shape or form. Yeah. So, do we think Jeffrey Schlupp had a good game yesterday? Yes or no? Tell us what you think in the chat uh, for sure. Um, yeah, a bit of a free hit yesterday, wasn't it? Um, which is why I think maybe. They pulled the trigger. Come to you in a minute, Joe. Why they pulled the trigger on Vieira before the game rather than after it? Um, in as much as you know, we probably weren't going to win at Arsenal anyway, and it just gives an extra couple of days to be thinking about it. Um, and if we had managed to get something at Arsenal, let's say Vieira was still in charge and we got a credible draw, or even heaven forbid, won the game, you then couldn't have sacked him. You know, you then would have had to stay with him, wouldn't you? So maybe that was the rationale. I don't know. Um, Joe? Yeah, just just quickly, I know Theresa wanted to say something before me, but just Go quickly, and I, I know you're saying about um, people giving players stick and stuff, but but you really can't, you can't see the game through, you know, everybody's see the, the, the game as other people see it. It's why it, you, you, you can have two people sitting next to each other and they'll see the game in a different way or they'll just have a, a different attitude towards different players. And and then, and then of course, you know, Schluck is probably a, a victim of his own sort of laziness sometimes, you know. We're getting humps and then, uh, I know he scored, but, you know, it, 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 you just have, you know, it's like me with Ayu. It doesn't matter what Ayu ever does for me. You know, he's two, two goals in 70 games, you know. 
you know, I haven't I haven't done two good bathrooms in in the last seventy bathrooms. So you know, I'm I'm a better tide than a real footballer. And but everyone can turn around and say that he works he works really hard. And and I always used to say, and I know Teresa, I know you say that all the time about him that he is our probably our, our hardest working player. And that is and that is it. And I used to say myself before anyone else ever ever says it that that, that all I ever wanted off of Palace players was maximum effort. So I'm, I, you know, I'm almost you know should, should shut up for for going on about Ayu if he does give the most amount of effort. But the thing is, now we're in the Premier League, and and I said a long time ago, all I wanted for us to get in the Premier League and be like Stoke, and unfortunately, I think Stoke went down after nine seasons. Ten seasons, so it's this season, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. I hope, I really hope that all those years ago, it's not going to come true. What I said. Be very careful what you wish for. Is <laughs> the answer to that one. Uh, Teresa, sorry I didn't see your hand earlier. Um, come in now, please. Oh, it's just all right. I was just reading through the comments. Um, one of them was from Paul Grant, who thinks that we've flogged the match analysis to death. And can we get on to the issues that really matter now, like the owners and who do we We're get doing that. We're going to get on to that now. We're going to get on to that now. Sorry, guys. We've done <laughs> the matches too much. That we read their comments. But before we do that, before we do that, we must do a little loan watch, all right? So bear with me. I'm gonna. If you want to go and make a cup of tea for five minutes, uh, that's fine. Um, loan watch. Uh, Jezreg Saki scored Charlton's second goal uh, and got the assist for their opening goal with a 2-1 away win at Cambridge United. Boo, Charlton won. Um, he's now got 10 goals for the season. Should we get him back? He surely he's got a feature next season for us, hasn't he? Uh, Rob Street started for Shrewsbury. They lost 2-0 to it, which Killian Phillips missed out due to an injury. Scott Banks continued to find form on his return from injury, came on uh, with 20 minutes remaining, assisted for Bradford's equalising goal against our friends from Hartlepool United. Um, Ebowie uh, earned another start of Hull City in a one-all draw at Reading. Remy Matthews played the full 90 in their 1-1 draw. Uh, Will Kilmarnock, um, Malachi Bertang had to go off half-time due to an injury in Queen's Park, 2-1 win over Inverness, Caledonia Thistle. Luke Plange, came on as a first-half sub for Lincoln, but couldn't get on the score sheet. Lincoln lost 3 0 to Peterborough. And John Kamani Gordon was an unused sub for Carlisle. I don't get that one because he was playing and scoring for fun earlier on. Now he can't get in their side. So they must be half decent. Jacob Bryan, of course, played for RWD Mullenbeek and a 4 0 win over RSC Anderlecht 2. Um, and there's the loan uh, watch round up there. Um, these lads hope they get good experience out on loan. And I think uh, of all of them, picking a bunch for me, Scott Banks and Jezrek Saki have got to feature next season for Crystal Palace in some shape or form. There we go. So the the main issue of the day, Gel. Before we go on to that, come in then, please. That would really that would really please me to have Rex Saki and Elise out on the right. That's presuming that we are still in the Premier League, because uh, if not, you know, Elise will want to be off. Well, if we're not in the Premier League, let's say we do get relegated after ten seasons in the Premier League. Then the likes of Raksaki and and um, and the other boy Rob Street, they'll be even more important to us because they won't be with us. They'll well, the kids will. The kids, of course, they'll be with us. They won't go anywhere. They'll be with us. The likes of Ebui and um, and some of the others, Scott Banks, Rob Street, they'll all be wanting to vie for their place in the championship. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about that because we're not going down. We've got ten games left. Um, we need to think positively. We're still twelfth in the league. How on earth are we still twelfth? Goodness knows. But now the air has gone, now the dust has settled on this announcement, I want to ask you guys, and I want to ask the people in the chat, 
do we feel differently now about the sacking of Vieira than we did on Friday morning when we first heard it? Yeah, so who wants to put their hand up like Patrick is there and, and come in and give me their views on that? Do we think differently now about how we felt on Friday morning? Teresa first. Yeah, I mean, I was gutted when they said that they'd sack Vieira. And now having seen some of the stuff that's coming out and there obviously was big discord back, you know, in the back room that we, we knew nothing about. Um, I kind of, as much as I love Vieira, I kind of think it probably is the right decision. Interesting. But so I you changed your mind from Friday morning, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Fergus? Um, I, I wouldn't say I was shocked. I was a little bit upset. I would have given mm. him a few more games, I think. You know, we were on a difficult one. Um, they weren't, we weren't playing terribly you know we're picking up points against the likes of liverpool man united newcastle um we were unlucky at villa you know goal scored a goal one nil early drilled offside we go down the other end score an own goal um yeah just just a difficult one i i think it was probably like Theresa alluded to i think there was probably more going on in the background that we can we didn't see i don't think it was just about results um, I'd heard that there was a, a, a massive bust up in Turkey on the training ground. Some one one player was complaining about the youth team players, you know, how they were being tackled, you know, some dangerous tackles going in. And uh, yeah, there was a big falling out. I think two players were singled out for that. They were dropped for the Fulham game and then all of a sudden reinstated just before the game. And then it results in our worst performance in. I can't remember a long time. So there was obviously a lot of discord going on in the background that, that we've not been privy to. Mm. Um, and, uh, and and the fact that the fact that Parish and no one in the club actually came out and made a statement that, that they, they, they did a written statement for Sky Sports, but nobody actually came out and explained their thinking behind why mm. he's gone. And Parish was cornered get coming out of the training ground because there was a car blocking his his exit and he didn't really have a choice he was kind of put yeah. on the spot and and even then his explanation was a bit lame you know, yeah he said you've called on me you know you called on me you know and then he, he answered the questions but you're right you know yeah um but like i said i'm not shocked he's gone um because the results aren't great um, but I would have hoped that Palace would have had a plan in place and that was the reason yeah. for him going and it doesn't appear to be the case. So I'm thinking, you know, did he pull the trigger too early? Yeah. You know, should he have waited? Um, only time will tell. Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of glad though I didn't get to see Arsenal, Arsenal fans gloating about how good a player he was and how shit a manager he was. I, could, I don't. I don't think that would have been nice. They tried to sing about Vieira a little bit yesterday, but failed miserably. Um, Gel, what's your view? Welcome, Nick. By the way, um, what's your view, Gel, on this? Do you think differently now than you did on Friday? No, no, no. I still would have done it four weeks before that, or four games before that. Okay. Wouldn't it give him as as much as much time? The other thing as well is I haven't heard hardly any of the rumours that you guys have uh, that you might have heard. Although I did think, and I said to Nick. 
something definitely happened between him and Mateta. When it happened, I don't know. But Mateta was was played in one game and then completely dropped from the squad. So, but we were every day were in England. That weren't while I was away. So, but for me, you know, like I said. The, the, he lost me completely, apart from having no wins in 2023 um, and then just trying to be a Hodgson and defend a 1-0 defeat every time, um, was was uh, when, he, when he got rid of Sean Derry. Sorry, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm not interested in who you are. I just thought he was a, a tougher character. You know, he used to fight, want to fight people on the pitch. But obviously in the dressing room, um, he, he seems like a bit of a Bambi. Um, and that's not that's not what we need. We need tough characters to, you know. I know apparently it's not the, the modern way to be balling these players out, but sometimes you do need to kick ass. You know, you need to stand up, be counted, and if you can't, if you don't want to be counted, get out. Mm. Just put your hands out and say, "I'm fancy this." You know what yeah, I mean? Then it. they can they can clear them out. They can they can weed away out. You know the, the people that haven't got the, the the bottle for a fight, they don't have a stomach for a fight, because that's what we need for the next. You know, we need to the end of the season. We need to fight for every game, and if that yeah. means that, that you know we lose players through sending offs, through tough tackling, and doing whatever, then it, it is what it is. Just want someone. I want people to fight for our club, like we would. Indeed, Joe, you're spot on. I'll come to you in a minute, Ferg. Um, uh, in the chat. Um, Alex Crook on talk, uh, Leon Sound says Alex Crook on Talksport said today he heard from Palace people that the players found Vieira aloof. Interesting. Um, Nick, welcome. How you doing? Hi, mate. Parked I'm good, bus. man. Parked yeah, your bus up and you're back with yeah. us. Okay. Um, you're, you're, do you think you need to feel any differently than you did on Friday to this? I've been all over the social media, clearly not Facebook, but on Twitter, and I've been following it in great detail. Um, a lot of people have been saying uh, we went too early. We should have given him a couple of games into the easier run that's coming up. Uh, a lot of people feeling like Jill uh, said that he should have gone weeks ago. Um, and it was quite interesting to read a report that's actually saying the board very seriously considered terminating in, in Feb back in February. Uh, and so there was there's obviously something behind the scenes that we don't know, we don't get to know. And I think that uh, that point about being aloof is probably something that's going to come out a little bit more. There, there was a bit of a them and us situation uh, between Vieira and, and and the playing staff. Indeed, I mean one one thing, uh, Paul Bristow. Thank you for this information that you sent through to me today. Um, in the last ten years since our promotion, um, only six teams have changed their manager with eleven games or less remaining with the threat of relegation hanging over them, two survived and four were relegated. Right, the two, I won't go through them all, but the two that survived were Southampton in 2018. They sacked uh, Pellegrino with eight games remaining in 17th place. Mark Hughes kept, came in and kept them up. And then in 2015, Sunderland sacked Gus Poyer with nine games left. And in 17th position, Dick Advocar kept them up. So it's not easy. Whoever comes in, the odds are stacked against them to keep us in the Premier League now, Joe. I just, I just, just because there will be some people out there that, that that literally won't know what aloof means, right? <laughs> and I, no, no, honestly, I know we we can we can, but yeah, we're a bit older, but and there'll be other people, but but I've just I've just put into Google define aloof, 
and it says, not friendly or forthcoming, cool and distant. That is absolutely the the opposite of what you need to be to be a people person and manage people. Ridiculous. And the other thing as well, so you said at the start of the show, didn't, didn't Joe Wall, Joe Wall come out and say, um, oh, it was all a surprise to us. Like, what's the, how, how, how can it be so different? The players the, had no idea this was going to happen. How can they have literally no idea when when it sounds like none of them bloody more liked him? Well, we travelled up on the train yesterday. We travelled up on the train yesterday with Paul Grierson, um, yeah, the interview guy. Yes, and um, and um, he he said he found out on his way to work on Friday morning, and he had no idea whatsoever. Now he wouldn't be the first person to know, would he? But he's inside in the club. If if things were going horribly wrong, you'd think he'd have some kind of inkling, maybe. But not not a chance. Not a seven a.m. phone call, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Seven a.m. phone call Friday morning, which isn't the best way of doing things. But I also heard a rumor that they tried to get out of him on the Thursday and couldn't. Nick, uh, two two very quick things. Uh, the best comment of the night in the chat. Uh, somebody said they thought aloof meant a Geordie baguette. They thought aloof meant a Geordie baguette. <laughs> can i just go back to the, the sean derry yeah, thing because uh, yeah. something else we found out on the train yesterday was that um sean derry's never actually he's never left the club he's been placed on gardening leave mm. yeah um so yeah we discussed around. this the other day yeah no one yeah. no one knew that he'd yeah, I think we could well see him back, actually. I think we could well see him back at, 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 you know, in the club in some I hope so. Yeah, my second I think point is going to be, do you remember a couple of shows ago, I was talking to you about Carl Davis on Twitter, who, who covers these different matrices, okay, yeah. and he's very, very accurate, okay? Just going back to your point, Ian, a minute ago, about the, the odds are against the new manager keeping us up. Well, just to give you an absolute clarity, this is up until including yesterday's Arsenal fixture, okay, that Palace are still 10% or less chance of going down. Really? So those of you out, those yeah. of you who are out there, and this is not on one matrix, but on three different ones combined, the the odds are, uh, I, think he, I think it was at 12% and one of them came up at 9%, so the average came out at 10%. So all you naysayers out there, okay, that it's the wrong decision, hold your fire. Are we still then the most least likely of the bottom nine teams to get relegated? Yes. Really? I find that very, very surprising. And, given and, we, and, and the prediction is we will finish uh, in 13th or 14th place on 40 points. Well, I, I, just hope that's, I just hope they're right. You know, I hope they're right for once. <laughs> if you look at right. some of the other teams below us, Ian, and they're running... You know, mm. they've still got that difficult patch of games to come up. Yeah, yeah, they so have. Th there's always that. Yeah, they have. The um, only sorry, the, the, the only job. good thing that the only good thing from our point of view is that we want as as many of those teams below us playing as many as the top four or five as possible because they'll be going for Champions League places. Yeah, and they will literally be be firing on all cylinders and, ha and and having to get results and not sitting 8th, ninth, 10th, coasting in the last 5, 6, 7 games which yeah. would really hurt us 
So that's what that's what we need is it those those bottom four, five, six to be playing the top four, five, six um, that are shooting for Europe and and the others. You know that that's the only thing that's going to really be in our favour. Um, and and we'll, well, someone will have a look at those fixtures and, and tell us what the other teams run in. And as we get to sort of five or six games away, you have those fixture lists come up, don't you, in comparisons all to look at. And I don't know about you, but I was sitting there watching Sky Sports Super Saturday on Saturday afternoon for uh, nothing better to do, really. And I'm watching the goals going for Villa. I'm going, come on, the Villa. You know, they're beating Bournemouth. Um, I'm going, come on, Brentford, you know, because they're playing Leicester. And I'm going, come on, Spurs, because they're playing Southampton. And Wolves leagues, I didn't really know what to think, you know. So you, you, you're thinking the whole time about the other teams below you, looking over your shoulder, hoping the results go your way, Jill. Well, that just that one more thing for me. Sorry, I keep chatting. So you will, you will not hear a phrase used more towards the end of this season than six pointer, because every yeah. single game that we've got now is a six pointer, quite literally. Indeed, absolutely right, absolutely right. So, um, yeah, so having discussed the, the fact that the air is gone, obviously nothing we can do to change that now. Um, who do we want in to replace him? So we'll all have our own thoughts on this. Um, and here's Paddy. Um, I, thought, I thought he handled himself brilliantly in front of the media, both before and after the game. Um, he was obviously asked questions like, you know, are you going to get the job and all things like that? And he was just so level-headed. Um, and, and I love his temperament. Um, the other thing that um, we heard from Chris on the way up yesterday was uh, that he's loved in the club. You know, everyone loves him. You know, Paddy McCarthy, you know, all the players know him well, all the rest of it. And I think we could do a lot worse than give him the role for the rest of the season. I don't know what you guys think about that. We've got, I think, a, a graphic on the other... Uh, no, let's take that one down for a start. Um, <laughs> These are the runners and riders, you know. <laughs> these are the jockeys. These are the people um, in the race. Apparently, um, it's a bit of a, a small slide there, especially if you're watching on a phone. But look, who would you have? Let's come to you first, Fergus. Who, who are you going to pick, mate? Out of all of those, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is Lucien <laughs> Favre on question. there? Isn't he? Lucien Favre. Um, Adi Hutter, possibly, but yeah. neither of them have got Premier League experience. If for me, Ian, I would probably stick with Paddy McCarthy, bring Sean Derry back, mm. and see out the end of the season because I just think you need somebody that knows the club inside out, you need somebody that the players yeah. look up to. And those two guys, you know, they'd die for the, the club, you know, so and, and that's probably what we need to, between now and the end of the season. Like, yeah. like you said, when we spoke to Chris yesterday, uh, we asked him like how the players had reacted. And he said that Paddy McCarthy brought all the first team round. He said to them, look, Vieira's gone. I know you're all sad. He said, but you're all professionals. You're in a role that people would die for. You're blessed. You're professional footballers. You need to play for the club, play for the badge. Yeah. And uh, Chris said that it made the hair stand up on the back of your arms that, you know, and that's what you need. You need somebody like that talking to the players, motivating them. Mm. Okay, we lost 4-1 at Arsenal in his first game, but he was hamstrung a little bit. Players out injured. Um, mm. He couldn't play the conga. Um, so I, I would probably stick with McCarthy and Derry. And then at the end of the season, you can make an informed decision rather than mm. a knee-jerk reaction one. 
Interesting. Yeah, thanks, Ferg, very much. Other views from the rest of you? I agree. Nick? I keep keep Paddy well, until the end of the season. Nick. See? I would keep Paddy until the end of the season um, and not panic by into a manager. Uh, mm. The fact that they've sat Vieira without a decent plan at all in the first place is concerning. With no, with no idea. I mean, they also, they're like, oh, we've been talking to managers for months. Well, obviously, you haven't got anyone. So keep McCarthy um, out of the ones that you put up. Bielsa, you won't come because Bielsa has never started at a club mid-season. He always wants a pre-season with the team before he'll even consider taking. Yeah, sorry, Leon, your vote's out, mate. Yeah. Um, Will still who's in Ream, he's done really well, but he hasn't got his manager's licence. Ream would be getting get fined something like €25,000 a game. Are they really? He hasn't got, yeah. a, he hasn't got a manager, he hasn't got a training licence, has he? Unbelievable, isn't it? He's only 30, isn't he, this kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's two votes for Paddy. Nick? Okay, I'm going to be a little bit left field out of that list you had there. I'm going to go with one that's not on that list in a minute. Uh, my dream would be Potocino, but that's, we're never going to be able to afford him. Okay. Um, Will still does interest me a little bit, but Theresa's absolutely on the money, which she says he hasn't got his full badges yet. Okay. And the one I'm going to go with, it's not on that list, is Conte from Tottenham. Because we need somebody with a bit of passion. Uh, Conte is not going to come to Crystal Palace, let me tell you that, for nothing. There we are. Um, Joe, you're holding your head. You cannot believe what Nick Philpott has just said. Um, <laughs> um, I, I agree. I, I'd let Paddy go through to the end of the season. Um, I think he'll build a, a stronger rapport with the players. Um, and, and what will be, will be. Um, but next year, uh, I mean, I mean, listen, if, if, he does, if he does work a miracle, then, then, maybe, then maybe keep him. Yeah, but if I had to choose two for Natalie, choose one for Natalie, so I can, I can two, that's what I'd go for. That uh, Ralph Hasselhooten, whatever his name is, Hootle, for uh, the old Southampton manager, uh, purely because I, I always loved his work ethic. And a mate of mine is a Southampton season ticket holder, and he said that he never, he, for 40 years, and he said he never saw a Southampton team work as hard or be as fit as what they were, and he didn't suffer falls. You were you were either in or you were out. Um, or like I said the other day, you know, he's got Premier League experience and he wouldn't be everyone else's first choice, I'm sure. But I mean, Steven Gerrard, I think he's got, you know, I think sooner or later he will pick up a team, you know, a lower team. Um, and, and, and and I think he'll, he'll run a bit. And obviously, you know, his aim is to manage Liverpool one day. So he doesn't want to be too far away from the Premier League. Um, irrespective of whereabouts it is. He's never going to get Man United, Man City, um, Arsenal, Spurs, is he? He's never going to get anything like that. But I think he would He would come to a team in the, in the middle of the Premier League, which is, you know, maybe, hopefully, what we are. Who knows? We're going to have to wrap this up very shortly. I'll come to you in a minute, Nick. Interestingly, I, I saw on my uh, uh, laps, laptop screen today, Microsoft screen, the headline was Gerard. Uh, selected for new job. So I clicked on it. Uh, his new job is a TV pundit with Channel 4 covering England. <laughs> Go for that. that was newsworthy. Um, Greg Ellis said, 
um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Um, there's a guy on Twitter, Euro Expert, if you haven't come across him. Euro Expert underscore. He's a young lad, bit geeky. He's, he does videos of uh, various uh, aspects of European football. And he's done this brilliant one. He did it on Thursday. He said, Vieira is on the brink of getting sacked from Crystal Palace. This is who I think should replace him. Uh, and he gives reasons. It's about two or three minute watch. And his summary is Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Uh, and he gives all kinds of good reasons. Go and watch it if you haven't seen it on Twitter. Euro expert. Really interesting, I thought. Okay. Guys, we're going to have to wrap this up now uh, very soon because we've been going an hour. Um, you know, Patrick Vieira had to go. Our possession stats for last season were 51.4. This year it's 43.9. That's a damning indictment as to where we are as a football club. We've gone backwards. If you look at Vieira and you look at the 18 months, ask yourself the question, has any Crystal Palace player improved dramatically in those 18 months? And the answer you'd probably say is probably not. You know, maybe Mark Gahey, maybe Elise, but we're not sure. You know, so no player has moved forward in 18 months. I think the coaching was at fault and, um, you know, no wins this year uh, and he had to go. Um, and I feel a lot better about it now than I did on Friday morning. So we've got Leicester City up next. Um, we haven't got time to look at um, selection of uh, players for that game, um, but we'll do a quick round on predictions for the game. Theresa first, first of April, April Fool's Day. We play Leicester at home in the Premier League. What's the score going to be? 2 1 Palace. 2 1 to Palace. Okay, Ferg? 2 1. Yeah, he, always, he always says 2 1. Do you know what? Fergus puts a bet on 2 1 every single game, Palace. So he always say 2 1 every game. Um, Gel? I, I was going to go 2 1 as well. Does it Richard Kingdom do 3 1 every game? Who's, yeah. the, who's your mate? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, well, he does. There we go. Ben take the score. Um, what are you saying? So, uh, do you know what? I can't argue with a 2-1. And don't forget the, the uh, Charlie thing here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. I'm just going to finish on that. So that's five votes for 2-1 uh, on the panel. We're going to say 2-1. Do you know what? I don't care what the result is so long as we jolly well win. Um, and it's going to be a big game. But we've got a nice break between now and then. I mentioned the Women's Football Weekend at the top of the show. Do get along to Hayes Lane if you possibly can. But I'm going to end the show tonight, lads, on a, on a bit of sad news. So, um, John Ellicott, who's a Crystal Palace programme seller, uh, very sadly, his nine or ten-year-old son uh, passed away this weekend. It's never nice when a child passes away. It's the, not the right order of things. So, we're very sad for John and his family. So, our thoughts and prayers are with you, mate. And, um, yeah, fly high, young Eagle um, Palace fans. So, very, very sad for young Charlie and the family, especially at this time. So that's uh, uh, all from me. We're back again on uh, Sunday, the 2nd of April, after the uh, Leicester game. Um, I'm sure Nick will be back in the hot seat then. Uh, until then, it's goodbye from me, and thanks for joining, and thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a very good evening. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night. Good night.